We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the Elite Eight of the best sitcom bracket is now open for voting. If you want to vote, go to at the PME, check out the pinned tweet, you can get it up there, or you can just hit the link that's down in the description right now, because we've narrowed it down, a field of 64, down to eight. Once again, if you don't like the seedings or like the shows that entered the bracket, it wasn't me. Who did it? You can go and check out the previous shows that we've done where we go over the snubs, the terrible seedings by region. Sia Najad is the one who did all of this, put together all the hard work. It's no fun putting together a bracket, hence why I didn't do it, why he did it. I just wanted to talk about it and get mad at him. Although Gary and Thorne is joining me again to talk about all this, but I feel like of the eight shows remaining, it's hard to argue against any of them. Yeah, I would say um, if you just sort of pulled me at the start and I mean, obviously it's different between what I would necessarily vote for versus what I would think would make it through. These are all huge shows, Um, just like critically acclaimed and, and that's its own kind of bucket. But these are just massive shows that have been really sort of defining the culture of the last 20, 25 years. So none of these are a shock. No. And like, 
listen, when we did the polling, like some older shows snuck into it, but people were like, why isn't MASH on? It's like, like most people were not alive who were voting in this. We're not alive for like 20 years past the finale of mash it's really hard to vote on something that people have absolutely and then when it would like lose to like full house in the first round or something that's even worse so just not having it in the bracket probably works out a little bit better like there's animated shows in here we've had all these discussions so once again go check out the pat mayo experience audio podcast feed if you prefer just to listen to it and walk around or on the mayo media youtube page smash the like and sub to the channel while you're here while you go back and check out those old shows after this one and give me your winner of the remaining eight the remaining eight right now and we're going to go through each of the shows and uh, i made a just it wasn't it's not necessarily a best three episodes list but they were the first three episodes that sprung to my mind list and i'm sure Mm -hmm. once we start talking about it's like oh shit i forgot about that one it's not the definitive ranking of the best three i'd have to spend way more time thinking about that it's just the ones that instantly popped to my mind so pat mayo favorites maybe not necessarily the best but the ones that stuck with me the longest. So in the West region, we have the number one seed Seinfeld taking on the number three seed Scrubs in the Elite Eight. On the other side of that bracket in the Midwest, these two, actually, no, that's not right, is it? No, yeah, this is right. They will be facing the winner of underseeded Curb Your Enthusiasm, which was a five seed, mm-hmm. and horrendously underseeded Arrested Development, which was an 11 seed. Sorry, Friends as a one seed. Didn't work out for you. Like, Friends got absolutely smoked by Curb, which I was so happy to see. Uh, in the South region, South Park versus The Simpsons, which is going to be a very fun vote. In the bottom left, it's Frasier against The Office. Frasier is the one seed. Office is the two seed. But we all know, Gary, and The Office has steamrolled every... It just steamrolled Family Guy, which I thought would have put up some sort of fight. Frasier has yeah. no chance. Yeah, I mean, if if the internet the last 15 years has taught us anything, <laughs> it's that... It's weird. I almost... Going back and like thinking about my favorite episodes of The Office today, I was just sort of reminiscing about how much I enjoyed the initial airing of The Office. And now I almost have this weird disdain for it because so many people almost use it like a personality. It's just such a big show and it's so just beloved by this sect of people that when it starts taking out other internet darlings, like like you said, Family Guy, um, and doing it so decisively, um, I'm always hesitant to just say this. it's a foregone conclusion in these things, but it really does seem like The Office has got to be the front runner at this point. I think Seinfeld's still the front runner. I think people are just very nostalgic, although I could see a world where if Curb gets through and it's Curb versus Seinfeld, that the internet, internet might just go with Curb in that matchup. And we'll see. You know, the battle of Larry David might be where it ends up going. But I think Seinfeld yeah. is still... You might be right. Office probably is. It's tough because these shows are all really good. I I would vote for Frasier over The Office, but yeah, that, I'm right. on the losing side of that. <laughs> I mean, do you remember? I think it was The Ringer did a best television character um, bracket uh, probably five or six years ago. Did we talk about it? Uh, we might have. I, I remember but... us talking about the best reality TV characters of all time. Yes, and I think that was... CT from the challenge won. But the answer is the situation. I agree uh, that that, though, was a another ringer based bracket. And there's such a heavy challenge bias in, in all of their work that it wasn't. So, I think it was CT against bananas in the final. Well, I mean, let's not say that the Mayo Media Network isn't a very challenge heavy network. I mean, I covered the show. It's, it's basically the only show I've ever done recaps of, like on an annual basis. But that that is on. true. Um, the the but, situation was a legit phenomenon. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I, I had a situation bobblehead that I believe I won at the, uh, one of the CSM Christmas parties, right? Right at the heyday. Do you remember of, the uh, situation like rap song? Yeah. So. Oh, uh, DJ, DJ Polly D, um, is going to be appearing at like a Toronto based bar in a week. Awesome. So the exact go. same haircut. I think he's still beating the beat up. I mean, I, it's going to be great. He's like, actually like, a, like, he's like, a, he has like a residency in Vegas. Like dude, dude oh, actually yeah. prints money now. Whereas I remember I was in college. No, I was just out of college. The, like the first season of Jersey shore. And the situation did a bar appearance at a bar near me. And I think he got paid like 25 K to show up for three hours. That's how hot Jersey shore was. It, it was a phenomenon. I mean, look, they're still cashing those checks. They're still doing the reunion shows. Um, but I was going to say, so they, they did this best character bracket. And I think they had Cartman as like a 13 seed. Ooh. Oh, we and did he, talk about this and how outrageous that was. Yeah. But he absolutely dominated the voting process and won handily. And it was just so funny to have these like very sort of up their own butt TV writers have to continuously write these blurb updates about how Cartman smashed, you know, Don Draper in the round of 16 <laughs> and just, but just not understanding how the internet works, like not understanding why, like, again, a, a defining character of our generation, whether you not want to admit it or not, could possibly be, be besting Don Draper. And it's like, do you realize how many people have watched South Park and how not that many people have watched Mad Men? Like, do you know how television and pop culture works? It's funny because that was always the office thing for so many years. Like no one watched the office when it was on, I guess by today's rating standards, they did. But I just, after friends went off the air, that Thursday night block on NBC, like you and I really enjoyed it, but I think like they used to do like 3.5 million to 7 million, somewhere in that range between yeah. it community, 30 rock and parks and rec, like all great shows. But it's not like, oh, man, I, I need to stop what I'm doing. The office is coming on. It really gained all of this. Was it the first big Netflix, like big property that Netflix bought that just it became instantly rewatchable? I think so. Um, I mean, I can remember the the streaming lights rights to that being so incredibly expensive and then obviously gets dwarfed by friends. But that's only because it was later on in the process. You know, this is kind of the the quarterback contract debate for television streaming rights. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but yeah, that was a weird, there was a weird time and kind of bringing this back to scrubs even, but there was that, their separation, everyone in their heads kind of goes like, oh yeah, friends Seinfeld right into 30 rock and the office. No, no, no. There was that weird sort of like early aughts NBC Thursday night comedy block that was scrubs. It was my name is Earl. Earl, yeah, which, did, which um, didn't make the bracket. Like people got at me like, man, where? and again, I didn't make the bracket, but they're like, man, my name is Earl isn't on here. I was like, yeah, it shouldn't be. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I mean, I watched it from time to time. It wasn't bad. But... It's bad. Well, like there was someone complaining to me today. It's like, oh my God, the, the league should have won this. Like the league should not have won this. No. The fact that the league won a round is like terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, the league in completely unscripted shows uh very, very great showing for the league i would say yeah the league made two rounds the league beat cheers <laughs> yeah but again that's that's a reflection of the times I, I i understand but it's just like if it was another show maybe but like the league the league's yeah. okay it's a very okay show yeah it's it's surprising i i don't know if it's just like nick kroll and 
uh, Jason Manzukis kind of blowing up after that. And maybe there's some like, I don't know, weird sort of sentimentality about that being kind of their first big show. Seth Rogen popped in for a couple episodes. That was fun. It could um, be that this is primarily a football and golf channel. Yeah. And people voting in this are usually viewers of this show who probably love fantasy football. That makes more sense to me as an explanation. Yeah, that's that's probably the right explanation. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about this. It's Seinfeld versus Scrub. Seinfeld's going to win. This we know. Mm-hmm. But I want to get your 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 sense of what are your favorite Seinfeld episodes? Because I'm trying to think of like, I think the contest is kind of collectively known as the best yeah. Seinfeld episode, but it's not my favorite. Seinfeld episode. I'm actually very prone to Elaine episodes. I find okay. them to be the funniest. So I'm I'm taking a similar route here, although this sort of tests a conversation we've had for years, uh, which is for anyone who doesn't know, Tim's favorite character on the office is Creed. And Tim has the theory that Creed could have his own show, and Tim would watch it all the time, and it would be great. Because how could you not love Creed? I would say that Frank Costanza is a more important character to the longevity of Seinfeld than Creed is as the 13th banana on The Office. But generally speaking, as I was going through Seinfeld episodes, I found myself drawn to Frank Costanza episodes just because I love Jerry Stiller so much. So I think, like, obviously you're going to get people who bring up Festivus, but the fatigues, just like... His his old war stories where he's having a flashback, but they've done they've taken no effort to de-age him at all. He just looks like an old man in the Korean War. <laughs> in the Korean War. Um, so that that's one I was definitely drawn to. I mean, obviously the contest. I, I do love that episode. Um I, I love the one, I, I can't remember what it's called, but the one where they're like stuck in that huge traffic jam. And they're it's it's like a bottle episode, but on a highway. Oh, is it? Is it? I, I know. It's is that Puerto Rican Day? Yeah, that that's one? yeah. It's the Puerto Rican Day. The yeah, that's parade. like the second to last episode. Really? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I, but, uh, I, I went with just it's like characters that pop out in my mind, and I was trying to remember which episode it was when Elaine got Ned Isakoff banded Hopsings, which is still probably the single funniest thing. In the history of the show. That's from the race episode where Jerry has to race the guy. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the other I mean, plot going on. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it. We'll talk about this a little bit more later. I think when we get to like arrested, because it because that was sort of a really hard one for me to identify an episode. Yeah. Even yeah. Sep- separate plot points or jokes into a particular episode. But that, that's one thing that the Larry David shows do so well is there's just such clear plot points And I know, like, it's ironic because this was the Friends uh, title structure. But Seinfeld really is like, oh, the one with the soup Nazi. The the one with the beached whale. The one, like, the one where George drives the World Series trophy in the parking lot. Like, it it really just has such immediate plot point beats in your head um, that it's great for an exercise like this. I, I almost put the English patient on here just based on how much Elaine hated the English patient Mm -hmm. and me being me being in that scenario, not necessarily with the English patient, but with things that people really like. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't find this good at all. And just feeling like you're just so alone in the world and then being forced to go see these things because everyone needs to go see it. Yeah. um... I, I went, so I went with the race and I went with the pen 
And this doesn't feature George or Kramer. It's when Elaine stays with Jerry at Jerry's parents in Florida and Jerry gets the upside down space pen and Elaine takes too many painkillers after they end up at Jerry. They go scuba diving. Elaine throws her back out from sleeping on the couch and has to take all the painkillers. And Jerry has like the broken blood vessels in his eye and she's just doing streetcar named desire after meeting aunt Stella at the, when Jerry's trying to do his standup there. It is a fucking fantastic episode. I mean, there's just so many good ones. It's that's really the problem when we narrow it down to this point. It's like you said, I you'd really have to spend a lot of time going through season by season, trying to figure out what your favorites are. But this is more just things that came to my mind today. Yeah, that, that's uh, what I and I, I think that people in the comment section should do that too. Like, you know, if you want to pick, you, know, you can do all eight of these shows or just even one of the shows. Like, what's the one thing? that pops to your mind from the years of you watching these shows. And like I said, it doesn't need to be the best episode. It doesn't even need to be your favorite episode, but it has like your favorite moment in it that you really remember the most. The other one I went with is the library one when mm-hmm. Kramer starts dating the librarian, but Bookman ends up coming to Jerry's apartment. And just like, I love Philip Baker Hall from, like, I first saw him in Boogie Nights. And then I saw this episode of Seinfeld in syndication. He's also awesome on curb as the doctor. He's like, you got to call mm-hmm. the service. Why aren't you calling this? You know who wouldn't make this mistake? The service. I mean, it's that's just one of those episodes too, where obviously it's not like Philip Philip Baker Hall is a household name. He's not he's not like this A list actor by any means, but he's just carved out or had carved out such an amazing career for himself that it almost seems weird he'd be on you know a, a sixth season episode of this sitcom. But he's just phenomenal in that role. He's he's so perfect. I mean, he's typecast in a weird way, but he's just so good at that character and not that role that's uh, a fantastic episode would you say that he's typecast from his floyd gonzoli boogie night characters a man who enjoys lollipops in his mouth and butter in his ass the best yes. <laughs> he's no longer with us oh that's also the uh the episode where there's the homeless guy in front of the library that george is convinced is his old gym teacher and <laughs> it is his old gym teacher he had those baked bean teeth <laughs> uh stanza so yeah, I mean, there's how many episodes of Seinfeld are there? Like the entire from Kramer moving to L.A. and being like accused of being a serial killer mm-hmm. and they yeah. have to go go out and get him. And the entire that season of them pitching the pilot, like that's hard for me to pick and choose which of the episodes. I think that my favorite one of those is the crazy Joe Davola one when he's dating Elaine and then Kramer makes slips it that he's not invited to Jerry's party. He's just a maniac. Yeah, but that's because that's interesting, though, that you say you can't figure out your favorite of those ones, because that was a rare example of serialized storytelling in Seinfeld, which we very rarely got, Um, which is, again, the reason why it's so hard to differentiate Arrested, just because all it is 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 a circle in terms of an episode. They just um, but there's just there's so many like there's the, the parking spot one, obviously, like you could you could play the hits for Seinfeld, but. Yeah, 200 episodes or so to choose from. Um, I can see why people constantly go back to the contest. Um, I think that one, though, is like in a weird way, maybe I respect just the writing of it more than the actual entertainment value of the episode. Like, it's a great episode, don't get me wrong. But I think it's more, it's talked about more now because of how sort of just not insane the writing of that episode would be but i guess that for the 90s yeah just just sort of bridging that topic at all 
Yeah, not not what you expected to see primetime NBC in 1994? No, no, not really. Do you think Seinfeld still works? Like, do I? Because I still watch it in syndication. I still find it hilarious. It doesn't seem, it, it's weird 90s dated in terms of its humor, but although they don't have phones or, you know, things that now exist 30 years in the future, it doesn't feel dated on like a day-to-day type thing where some other shows do. No. Um, and again, I think that that really speaks to almost every single episode being character driven and not plot driven, generally speaking. Even even plot would be about some sort of weird grudge with like like you said, it's 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 odd to go back and watch it. It is clearly a 90s show. Although I was even seeing something yesterday that apparently people think of Seinfeld as this very very strange like fashion forward type show like that that like kramer and elaine and even george in a weird way just had like outfits that are sort of commonplace now and i i i at the start of the video i'm like there's no way this is going to convince me of this and then by the end of it i was like you know what yeah a lot of people do dress like george i i guess that's a thing well kramer just looks like he exclusively shops at thrift shops and so there you go so that tracks in 2023 but i i, I had this uh, i remember people getting very mad at me because you know obviously um i was infringing on what they think but i feel like if you watch seinfeld and kramer as your favorite character you're watching it wrong we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. 
Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's the zest. I mean, it's it's not it's not the Creed take, but it's it's definitely in that vein. Yeah, well, he is... The, yeah, he, I, I like the guy who comes in and, like... Throws some heat? Yeah, it's 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 like if you think the closer is the most important person on your favorite baseball team. I, I that's a very good way to put it. Like it's not that I don't like Kramer, but the other three carry the show. Exactly. Where Kramer gets to pop in and out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's Seinfeld. Let's get to Scrubs, its opponent, and it's you know this is the last probably chance we'll get to talk about Scrubs <laughs> as it pertains to this bracket. Now my three for this. So we were briefly chatting about Scrubs before we came on. It was the first show that my wife and I watched through like together. I mean, we've watched a ton of shows since, but like it was the first comedy we sat down to watch together. We had both seen it before, but hadn't seen it in ages. It was probably like seven, eight years ago. I think we watched it twice more since through. Scrubs is amazing. And it's like a real life cartoon, which is nice. Something that 30 Rock would, I think, perfect a little bit later on in the terms of its sensibility. It's a show when you find out that some writers from Family Guy were a very integral part of the Scrubs writing process. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree. I prefer how they did it in Scrubs. I, I agree Family to that Guy. 100%. But like the the DNA of the the cutaway joke is so heavily utilized in Scrubs. And and, and you could argue by the fifth, sixth, and seventh seasons, probably too much. Yeah. Um, But the DNA is really there. But I agree with you. I think the, fir- the, the more grounded seasons, the first four or five, do that shtick really, really well. So it's really weird to look back on it when I have my three like memorable episodes of Scrubs. Maybe that's the way I'll phrase that in the SEO for the title. Most memorable, three most memorable episodes, which is going to be completely subjective yeah. uh, in the sense because it's you and I talking about it. Again, I want to hear from you guys down in the comment section. They're all like kind of serious episodes, which is yeah. not anything you can say about any of the other shows remaining. Well, look, I... I have, I, I know some doctors. Um, my sister is a doctor and I know this gets thrown around a lot. You know Tim. But I, I do know Tim. <laughs> um, I mean, most doctors will tell you by a pretty wide margin, this is like the most accurate medical show on television, which seems strange because it's a 22 minute sitcom, but it seems like they really took the time to like make it real. And because of that, and, and I agree, the three episodes I've written down are are pretty serious episodes. I bet we have crossover here. I, would I, bet. I bet we have two of the same. It would okay. be my guess. So I have the one where Brendan Fraser dies. Yep. Which is an awesome episode. Just, it, just a great episode, yeah. And then the one where Nicole Sullivan dies yep. and they have to use her organs. That's yep. my screw up and my lunch. And yep. then I also have the season premiere of season two. The one where the guy from Men at Work is just constantly playing guitar throughout the entire episode. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good one too. Um, I had I had my screw up, I had my lunch. 
and I had My Old Lady, which is the I think it's, it's like the, the fourth, fourth episode. episode of the series, isn't it? Yeah, and it does a really good job. Again, I'm 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 a sucker for the subversion of expectations, and that's again for for a season for a series in its fourth episode to have a very classic sitcom setup. I believe like the the monologue off the top by JD is something like they teach you in medical school that for every three people that come into a hospital, one of those people will die. And he gets a patient, his old lady, Elliot gets a patient and Turk gets a patient. And again, television has taught you through the years, like, Oh, one of these people will die. Not all of them. All of them die. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's moving in a weird way. Like, you know, Bill Lawrence, he knows what he's doing with these things. Uh, It's always been one of my favorite episodes. So I had made this uh, comment to you. You said you're, I guess you're not married yet. Are you married secretly that I don't know about? Uh, no. You didn't no, do it. Just engaged pull, for a really long time. You didn't pull one of those ones where we're like, oh yeah, we actually no. got married last year. We just didn't tell anyone. Think about it all the time. It seems cheaper. But like, yeah, it's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, I have a friend doing that right now. Like they're having, they're spending money on like the, the, the sneaky, it's not even sneaky. The most expensive part of the wedding is going to be the dinners that you have to provide for everyone. Mm. Like when they say it's like $100 a plate, $150, $200 a plate, like, that's what it costs to feed each of the people. So yeah. if you just shrink down the actual eating part and invite very few people to that and then still have your reception with a giant party, you know who's not complaining that I missed dinner and a bunch of speeches I don't care about? Me. Yeah. It's kind it's of removing great... the boring part of the wedding, really. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. Like I sat at a wedding where there was 13 speeches once and I was like, I can't do this. Like this is just outrageous. <laughs> and they were all really long. <laughs> That's 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 not a good time. No, bad time. Not such a time. No, not so much a time. But Scrubs is like the ultimate of all of the shows left on this list, I think. Although The Office might actually fall into this. I wouldn't say more, but pretty close is that most of these are guy shows. Yeah. Primarily. Is The the Simpsons a guy show? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, like it's, but I would say that there's probably an even split between fans of, it's like how Friends is primarily a, a girl show instead of a guy show. It's yeah, no, the guys right. don't enjoy Friends, but like when you look at the demos, a lot more women enjoy Friends than men enjoy Friends, whereas the yeah. opposite for Seinfeld. Yeah, I would say, yeah, The Office is probably your most like universally acclaimed show in, in, in terms of its like demographics. But yeah, Scrubs, Scrubs would be the only show where, well, I guess the office has Jim and Pam, but like where there's actual like narrative emotional stakes and character growth. Mm. Um, like a lot of these shows that you really are just like next episode, clean slate. Um, so scrub sort of stands out amongst this group anyway, in terms of that. Yeah, very much so. But yeah, it's the last we're going to see of Scrubs. I recommend that people, if if you and your wife are looking for a show to watch, because it's super snappy as well. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know the episodes that we picked were like the more, it's not even like those episodes themselves are super serious because they're actually pretty hilarious at yeah. the same time too. It's just they, they, they pack an emotional wallop when it comes down to it. Well, again, Brendan Fraser's dead in that episode, but you no one knows he's dead till the well, end. So he's well, just everyone getting off knows jokes for the first 20 minutes. It's great. Like, is Dr. Cox an all-time character? So I think he also made it sneaky far into that, like, television character bracket, and people didn't understand why. But yeah, Dr. Cox is... I mean, John C. McGinley's like, he pops up in some prestige movies every now and again. Um, and he's in every, obviously... In every Oliver Stone movie? 
Yep. Um, I think he dies in a really fun way in the rock. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just a great performance, a great role. Um, yeah, a, a very, very, like, I think the best character on that show, I would have to say, I love Turk too, but. Turk Turkleton. <laughs> Turkleton. You, know, you think my name is Turk Turkleton? <laughs> like even I actually, the one thing that stands out to me is when Turk got the phone number, 1-800-CALL-TURK. Which was a real number you could call and yep. leave a voicemail you, to the writers of the it. show. <laughs> I think we should say too, uh, and we were talking about this a little bit before uh, we started this, but uh, with with no longer the opportunity to talk about Scrubs, um, quick shout out to Clone High, which apparently was being made and edited in the same hospital Scrubs was shooting in um, because Bill Lawrence was the executive producer on Clone High, knew that Lord and Miller didn't have any money. So he, he let them use the abandoned mental ward of that hospital because no Scrubs crew wanted to go there because it was creepy. I can see that being super creepy. Yeah, I can see that too. So Miller is Bill Lawrence's brother-in-law, right? Because he's I'm married not... to Christina Miller, who's on this show. I don't think they're related, actually. I thought they were brother and sister. I just assumed they were. I don't I don't think so. I, I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't think so. This this might take some Googling. Yeah, I don't have time for that. Let's move to Curb. This was hard. Yeah. And I think the three that I went with are not... I, I mean, I have no sense of what people consider to be like their favorite Curb episode, so I'm just going to rattle these off. Crazy okay. Eyes Killer, number one. Number two, Incest Survivor Group which I guarantee you does not appear on many lists. Number three, Larry taking the prostitute to the Dodgers game and Funkhauser reserving the seat for his dead dad. <laughs> and you I, know what the crazy thing about that episode is? I'm not sure if you watched- saved the guys from jail? Yeah. No, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it caught a murderer or something like that. It was, no, it was insane. There was a guy who was like tried for murder. Right, and, and his got, alibi was- He got was exonerated because he was at the game and they had B-roll footage of him. Yeah, I mean- incredible stuff but those are just uh, moments i i barely remember the rest of the episode just those things stick out like i forget what it was when larry stole the flowers from funkhauser's mom's roadside grave to give to cheryl I forget what episode i can't remember if that's the same one where he got they got buried with the five wood that larry tried to get back can't remember if it was the same one but just basically yeah. anything involving funkhauser yeah, I mean funkhauser's great i i i feel like i gravitate obviously like to a lot of jb smooth episodes um it's it's just such a funny show and it's like obviously the characters are different but sometimes i even find myself getting like story beats mixed up between seinfeld and curb but obviously curb is like seinfeld on steroids so generally speaking anything that's like crazy crazy i'm like no that was curb not seinfeld like jb smooth showing up to michael richard's hotel room just like fucking farrakhan Did you have a three? Um, oh, did I? I don't think I actually wrote down a three. Like the Shaq episode's great. Or the one from season two when yeah, he tries to let all the air out of Thor's tires. I even, like, honestly, I even like some of the... the like, not to say there weren't episodes later on that were simple. Because I think most Larry David things are a very simple concept that just, like, grows and grows and grows and grows. But even just, like, the 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 pants tenting i think that's like the second or third episode like there's just sort of a simplicity to some of those early ones even where they weren't like 
I mean, obviously the celebrity cameos are such an amazing part of Curb because everyone's just so willing and generally just knocks them out of the park. Um, but yeah, some of even those first season episodes are just so fantastic, even though they're not like, there isn't really crazy memorable moments. Um, now that we've talked about it, I bet you people consider the Palestinian chicken to be the number one episode. Yeah. Um, like I, I did a quick Google, I would say just like best insert show here episodes just to kind of see like what the general consensus was uh that that came up a lot that I was that it. was top three in a lot of lists i get just remember i just i completely spaced on the episode now remembering it's like oh yeah what was the one i forget what episode it was when they they had to do the things for Grout's disease and larry just kept saying that it was named after dick kraut because he was bad at shortstop for the pirates it's so funny too my 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 mom is from pittsburgh uh and her her family big baseball fans. So I, I received a bunch of like just a old binder of baseball cards at one point and they were all Dick Grote baseball cards. And I just started laughing hysterically and no one understood why <laughs> it's not worth explaining. So arrested development is what curb is up against. Cool. I think when we did like what our picks for the actual winner was, I started watching the rest development again mm-hmm. uh, since like the beginning of this. I don't know if I'd have it as the winner, but is like one of the top three shows, like my top three favorite shows of all time, but it is incredibly difficult to figure out which episode is actually like the best, because like you said, they all just kind of roll together and is the ultimate like binge watch show. Like some people say Breaking Bad or Lost, like Arrested Development just goes. (laughs) It's like some of those shows, they, they say they're great binge watching shows because they're addictive. The thing about Arrested Development is you actually benefit as a viewer if you watch them in binge format. I mean, jokes pay off. Um, and and, th- and this is really the problem when you try to identify particular episodes. There's so much callback and there's so much repetition in the jokes that, you know, I don't know which Gene Parmesan appearance is my favorite Gene Parmesan appearance. They're all so similar. I don't know which of the hyper uh, hyper literal doctor quotes is my favorite one because they're really hard to identify um i did sort of um single out peer pressure i had that as my number one as well okay just because i do love jay walter weatherman jay um, walter weatherman teaching lessons in the hot cops yeah <laughs> the hot cops is a great running bit throughout the entire thing oh look at them they're so hot Oh, it's the police and the construction worker. <laughs> construction worker. Yeah. So I had that. I had... I have hot cops in all caps. The one where Joe breaks into the prison. It's like the right. th- third or fourth episode. Mm-hmm. That one's fantastic. And then the one where they have the, the gala, as T- Tobias would call it, at the prison for TBA. Right. Okay. Um, I had, I had peer pressure and then I had, um, the episode, like, I feel like I had to think about what episode do I reference the most or quote the most. And in a weird way, I, I do B quotes all the time. Bees? Can't have bees in here. Bees? They don't let you bring bees in here. Was that that later season one or was that early season one? Sorry? Was that late season one? Um, it was like mid season one. I think it's like episode seven or eight. 
just got to tell dad about my bee business taking off. <laughs> Essentially, okay, so old bear love the honey. <laughs> loves the old big bear loves the honey. <laughs> so I, I think we just kind of say like Job is just the MVP of the show. Yeah, yeah, I think Job Job is so Tobias is your Kramer answer. Yes, um, but Job is, oh God, and just even like. <laughs> Hermano. I don't know who this Hermano guy is. So the, the other ones that I had on there, um, no, the, the, the prison break-in one, I got those two mixed up. So there's those okay. two. The other one I had was the one where Job is actually the president and maybe in Michael saying afternoon delight right. at the party, but it's the one where Job is telling everyone how expensive his suit is. <laughs> that is a really good one. That's you probably know. like the most. I was trying to think what Job thing do I reference most? It's probably that. That or when he makes the yacht disappear. I sunk it. Or not knowing where Portugal is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, man. D- did you even for a second consider anything outside of season one and season two? No, I considered Mr. F. The one where it ends. Yeah. It, it ends with. George Michael in the space suit and Job creating the mini town for the Japanese investors to look out the window and the CIA is using Tobias as a plant. Right. He's really the mole. And they have like the Godzilla fight over the little yeah. Japanese tiny town. Is, is Franklin season two or season three? Season two. Right. Okay. So there's something else in that too. Yeah, because that's one, I mean, speaking of Funkhauser, that's when uh, Bob Einstein was being the surrogate for George Sr. They built Tiny Town together. Right, okay. Yeah, there's just so many great episodes. But really, of of all the shows, I, I, I couldn't immediately even tell you, like, the name of an episode of Arrested Development. Like, I just... It, it it's really like season one, season two, season three. That's that's about the only way I can separate Arrested Development. Does it matter that no one cares about season four or five? I don't think so. Yeah, um, I don't either. And I honestly think we, we talked about this, I think the last time I was on, but I, I do think the recut version of season four is actually like still better than 85% of television. It's just that we hold it in comparison to the first three seasons of Arrested Development. Uh, season five is not very good. I, is season five the one where Michael moves in with George Michael on like campus? Or is that season four? I think that's season four. Yeah, that's season four. Um, yeah, I may not even watch season five. It wasn't great. It's tough because you can't have them all there. They're too big. Yeah. You know what's a snub that we didn't bring up or maybe we did because I it just came back and I started watching it again was Party Down? Did we not talk about Party Down? I can't remember if we did or not. That and we didn't talk about Archer at all. Right. Okay. Which is excellent. Yeah, which is fantastic. So, yeah, I would go... I, I mean, my vote is Arrested Development over Curb, although I don't see it winning. Yeah, I... I it's it's just not quite big enough to win this. But, I mean, it's, it's definitely a show now that in a weird way is probably more re- revered and popular today than it was 20 years ago. I mean, it got canceled because no one fucking watched it. That is true. They, they put the final episodes in a four block set mm-hmm. on Fox up against the Olympics that was going on. So I remember watching it at Mount Allison university in college while visiting a friend on a Friday night. Oh, on a Friday too. Jeez. Yeah. They, they dumped it at a two hour block on a Friday night. It must've been what year was the Vancouver Olympics? 2010. 
2010. Yeah. Then that would have ended in 2006 then. Right. Whatever Olympics that was. Not Salt Lake, not Vancouver, whatever. Turin, I think Turin. was the one. Yeah. Simpsons versus South Park. We've done a top five Simpsons episode in the past. That was That was like eight years ago now. Very long time ago. Yes. I, I believe that's actually the first part. That's what ignited the very first Gus Corner. Gus Corner one has uh, just us talking about the Simpsons. And then we did one on your show, The Rotation. Right. Never think about bringing yeah. that show back? <laughs> no. No? Um, and I, for the life of me, cannot remember what my list would have been. Although I assume it's relatively similar. I mean, it's so hard. Okay, so the three I went with. Scorpio, number one. I was going to say, you only moved twice is 100% your top episode. Yeah. And number two is Homer Badman when he's accused of sexual assault. Right. Yeah. And he has to say, here's a photo of Homer Simpson sleeping in his tent, which he says gives him sexual powers. <laughs> You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. And, um, and just the end of, it's like, oh my God, he's a monster. Dad, Groundskeeper Willie was the one who got you off. You haven't listened to that music. It really just foreshadowed where news went. Yeah, no, it's it's a little terrifying in that way. Um, and then I did 22 short films about Springfield. Right, okay. Which um, I had Homer the Great. Is that the Stonecutters episode? Yeah, that's Stonecutters. I had Homer the Bat. episode. And, um, and then I, I've always just loved Lemon of Troy. Shake out a boy. <laughs> Shake out a boy. There's also the episode with when Selma marries Troy McClure with Jeff Goldblum as his agent is right. wildly underrated. Yeah, that's a good one too. I just feel like people don't like Patty and Selma episodes in general. Yeah, but like the, the people like Troy Bob McClure episodes. Really good. So. Yeah, I don't like again. There's there's so many like um... okay, well, almost like the Arrested Development thing. Do any of your do you, do you think you would consider? any episode post-season eight um probably i think there's some ones that i like and again this this is probably has more to do with when i found the simpsons um i was like 12 so that would have been 2006 so that's when the live episodes were season well that would have been like season 15 16 probably but still like running in syndication everywhere. I was catching a lot of season 10, season 11, season 12 episodes. So I wasn't, I wasn't in the mindset yet of this is bad. Um, I think, but, but there's just, if, if I really had to pick and choose my favorites though, like you're always going to end up back in like season three, four, five, six. That's, what would, that's okay. So I, I think last exit to Springfield, the one where the power plant goes on strike is kind of collectively revered as the best episode. Maybe not the funniest, but the best episode. What do you right. think people would pick as the best Simpsons episode? Is it Monorail? Yeah, I think Monorail's probably up there. Um, and I think, too, just the lore of Monorail as well. Just like everyone knows it's a Conan episode. Um, it's got the big musical numbers that people remember. Like, it really just... It's... In terms of gimmicks to make people remember an episode and i feel like i'm degrading it it's it's a great episode um but yeah i would say that's probably like in a top five of every like weird internet site that's tried to do this um but it almost depends on the day like 
sort sort of to our scrubs conversation um and we were saying like this is scrubs is probably the only show where you're gonna find like sad episodes that'll make my my top three um i mean the simpsons has some um incredible like emotional episodes like and maggie makes three is a fantastic episode homer's um, mother yep most lisa episodes <laughs> yeah um I, even like uh lisa on ice is like and you know just having a, a like i have a twin sister but like a, a similar a sister sister of similar age and we always played sports together like that one always hit really hard and it's also just funny to see like snake tearing up and then destroying a hockey arena <laughs> he wishes that they had peewee hockey when he was a kid he does south park this was impossible because yeah. I think the, I, what do you think is going to win between these two? I think the Simpsons is going to win the vote. Yeah, I would agree. But South Park's longevity and still being good is very mm-hmm. helpful to it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think for whatever reason, I found it easier to identify my clear favorite episodes of South Park versus my really? clear favorite episodes of The Simpsons. Not not that it was like there's only a handful of them or anything like that, but for whatever reason, um, I mean, I have I have Scott Tennerman Must Die, Christian Rockhard, and Casa Bonita are probably I, my top three. Casa Bonita was my uh, my last cut for my top three. Scott even Tenerman the fact that they die, went on to buy that restaurant is hilarious. Scott Tennerman Must Die is probably the best episode. It's think, just so deranged. It's very deranged. And it's, I mean, there's a reason that Cartman steamrolled people in becoming the best character. Like Cartman-centric episodes are generally the best episodes. Yeah. And I think and, all, and again, it's like all three of my, yours are, are Cartman episodes. Yeah, and like my, I had Osimo was a was a late cut. Um, good time, good or was it Good Times with Weapons? Yeah, Good Times with Weapons is a fun one. Um, but even my favorite moment in that episode, and and it's it's remembered for like, um. You know, because you're on the air for 20 years. I know Community gets a lot of credit for this. And Scrubs actually did a, a bunch of this too. But sort of like playing with the genres and animation styles and stuff like that. Like they they really went into the anime heavy in that episode. But the funniest part is Cartman thinking he has the power of invisibility. And slowly crawling across a stage full of people absolutely naked. <laughs> it's just such a funny visual gag. Um, but also Butters getting a throwing star in the eye and then dressing him up like a dog so they can take him to the vet so they won't get in trouble. Um, just some great, uh, Cartman, the Cartman Butters combination is such a, like, if you really just want to have an amazing episode, I feel like that was probably in their back pocket. Just like, ah, it's been six since we did a Cartman Butters episode. Let's just like crank out a hit. I essentially, if Cartman is centered at an episode, Randy's centered, although Randy's been gotten bad. In yeah Ra- randy's seasons. gone to extremes yeah like he's been kind of ruined because they used him too much or if garrison's at the center of anything especially lately where he's just after watching this season just more garrison the better which is interesting because i almost felt like in the middle seasons i got a little tired of garrison yeah but then he changed like well that's the fundamental thing about the show versus the simpsons is that it changed which yeah made, which continued to make it great yeah so, and, my, and again, just some of the people like, not to say that, I mean, The Simpsons obviously had one of the most illustrious writing staffs of any show of all time, but, you know, it was like season 11 and 12 or just famously, they have a very small writer's room, but like, it's, it's just Matt and Trey and Bill Hader writing episodes. Okay, cool. 
I bet those turned out great. So Trapped in the Closet was my last cut from the list. It wasn't Casablanca, okay. which is just a very funny episode. Uh, but I, mean, I had a very early episode about the goddamn succubus with Chef's parents and eating Tree Fitty and the Loch Ness Monster. But I, I used to get so high and watch that episode on DVD in college. It, just, it would be on loop in my in our apartment. It just over it. Say about a Tree Fitty. You know what? Um, still my dad, my dad received a South Park box set season when we were kids and it was season three. So to the same extent, like that episode, uh, the rainforest episode is fantastic. Um, there's a, there's a lot of episodes in that season actually that are really, really good. I feel like season three is when South Park really hit its stride. Um, say goddamn Loch Ness monster. I say goddamn, I gave you tree fitty yesterday. You gave him tree fitty? Well, I just tried to give him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so that one, I had the one where the baseball episode where Randy is fighting all of the other sure. parents is sure. just amazing. And that is and Kyle's, Kyle's cousin is is also a very good uh, side character. He generally helps episodes a lot. Who, our, our friend Arap? Yeah, exactly. Former producer of this show, Arap. Uh, and the other one I had was the Russell Crowe fighting around the world episode. That's a good one. With the Terrence yeah. and Philip movie, or the they're waiting, they're trying to watch the trailer to the Terrence and Philip movie, and they have to go from house to house, and they just keep watching the Russell Crowe show. I also Taga. like there. There are certain episodes of South Park that I love for very obvious reasons, but like, um, the the going to Canada episode is it's just it's very funny for Canadians. I think like I'm I'm sure it's also funny when Americans watched it, but like. Just the the only road, <laughs> just being an entire like, um, just a really great parody. I I don't know. There's there's so 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 many. Um, the Imagination Land episodes. Although I don't know like how you differentiate of the three. See, I I just I always just kind of classify them as a movie. Yeah, that's probably a better way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, just I mean it was it was longer than bigger, longer and uncut. And it's funny to like juxtapose those two together. Like when the movie hit the theaters, I mean South Park, bigger, longer, uncut did great business, and it was a musical, which just was like not what people were expecting in '99. And then to Imagination Land when it came out, that you can just kind of see the parallels of how the shows had shifted over that many years. Like there's no relation between those two things, and even the characters at that point. Like yeah. Cartman is still Cartman. That's the one constant. Yeah, Cartman is incredibly consistent. Um, and again, like there are certain episodes you go back and watch now and it's this'll happen when when you have the production style that they had where they could they could afford to be hyper, hyper relevant within that week where you know there's like an entire episode that's a giant parody of you got served, like that certain people watch now and have no idea what that is conceivably referencing like that's the one thing about the simpsons is obviously there's very hyper specific like pop culture references in the simpsons but entire episodes aren't built around hyper specific pop cultural references like south park had no and like in the simpsons now where it's been on so long and most of the better episodes that people go back and revisit are from either the late 80s or early 90s the references that they were using in those episodes weren't even current references. They no. were like graduate references and movies in the 70s. It's a lot like my what I constantly say about Frasier is that it was weirdly outdated when it came on. Thus, when you go back and watch it, it doesn't seem like it's out of place. Yeah, no, that's that's a good way to put it. 
Um, and obviously the animations, the, being an animated show helps with that way more um, than sort of just the the aesthetics of Frasier, um, which do, do not look modern by any means. But no, um, no, that's a good point. Frasier's coming back, apparently, still. I haven't seen David Hyde Pierce in like 30 years. Um, I mean, he pops up in... Um, he was the voice in Hellboy. Wet Hot American Summer. I believe he's in the Wet Hot American Summer reboot as well. Is he just sitting on a sleeping on a stack of Frasier money? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I feel that, like that Kelsey was... Grammer's career is, is is far more interesting and far more terrifying to a certain extent. Well, for a guy who made so much money, he ne- he's been married I think five times and never got a prenup. Right, that's amazing. And his wife was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for a while. Just amazing stuff. Amazing. Well, they were like getting divorced and just trashing Kelsey Grammer. Um, but I have a big, big influence on The Simpsons. Well, the one South Park I just remembered that popped in my mind, this is why I like going back and forth with it, is the Jennifer Lopez Ben Affleck episode where Ben Affleck <laughs> got super attracted to Jennifer Lopez, Cartman's hand. Well, she did love tacos and burritos. She did, yeah. Ta- tacos and burritos. It's a great episode. Uh, I will say Tanya too, like, episode's I, pretty funny. Uh, the Christian Harderock episode, which I don't know if that, that might be my one that's like, probably no one picks that as their favorite, but I find that episode hysterical. Is that the uh, one where they start the, the, the Butters, Token, and Cartman yeah. start the band? Faith plus one. It's Faith the one where Cartman one. shows up to Token's house and goes, go down to the basement and get the bass guitar you have. And he's like, I don't play bass guitar. There isn't a bass guitar in my basement. I'm like, God damn it, Token. <laughs> go down to the basement. <laughs> um, yeah. And just like the... And that's the concept, too, of taking like hit songs about like mostly sex and just replacing words like love with God. (laughs) Just really, really funny. And then again, the payoff of like, you know, very Cartman centric episode, but the bet specifically being the first to have a platinum record. But then finding out in Christian rock, even though you sold a million albums, you only get a Murr album. (laughs) Very good. The Office takes on Frazier. So the, and Frazier's the one seed office, the two seed, clearly misseeded because, as I've mentioned before, that the office is going to roll here. So here are my top three. I actually have four because I've, I, I put two of them together. Although I will say that the single funniest moment in office history is from the British office when Ricky Gervais is doing that dance for charity. And it is the most cringeworthy 45 seconds of television of all time. Like, just, just go, go, like, just YouTube it. I mean, you can watch all 12 episodes of the British office. They're great. But just his, and everyone's just, think about how cringy Michael Scott is, and then it's turn so it up to worse. a million with David Brett. <laughs> so much worse. That is an interesting thing to think about, is just people who, I guess it's probably most people watch the American office first and then find the British office. But, like, the transition is so much, is made so much easier in the opposite direction. Um, yeah. Okay. So what are your, what are your top three? So mine are the dinner parties. Number one with a bullet. It's not even yep. close. That was also my number one. The Dundies is number two. Yep. I had that in my top three and I had beach games and or casino night as my number three. I think casino night was like my last cut. Um, I have fun run. Um, I think that's a two-parter, so that might even be cheating. I th- that I think counts. Like it's a two-part episode. It counts. It'd be like doing a Star Trek The Next Generation ranking and having, oh, no, I really like Best of Both Worlds Part 2, but Part 1's not making the list. The, the it's, payoff, it's one episode. It has to be there. 
when they release them on a VHS box set, they come together. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I think I think Dinner Party and the Dundies. I I, I again, this this might just be what we've been saying this whole time. Like first thing that comes to mind, and and those two episodes are are pretty iconic. Um, but I I think those are pretty clearly the top two. Is the dinner party? It's kind of known as the best office episode, but I can't imagine that it's the most popular office episode because it's fucking dark. Yeah, you might be right. Um, although I don't know, it, to me that's what like separates it so much from most office episodes, and and that's why it tends to stand out. I also just like it, and it it has hilarious moments too, like just the bit of him like. Him having the 13-inch plasma. I was going to say, the little tiny plasma TV is just incredible. (laughs) Oh, man. If you enjoyed that episode and haven't seen The British Office, outside of, like, the first six episodes of The Office, which are almost, like, word-for-word remakes of episodes of Mm -hmm. The British Office, which don't work whatsoever, and people hated Michael Scott because he was an asshole and had no charisma because he was trying to be David Brent, and then Michael Scott just got to evolve into his own... I don't even know if it's a better character, but it's a much more long-lasting character that people actually liked. No one liked David Brent. No one. No. But if you and, that, liked and that's it- the thing I was saying. Like, I think people who watch the American Office first then went to go watch The Office were expecting to like that character at some point. When that is never the point. You will never come around to David Brent. You will never it's- like the only like reasonable character on that show is Tim, aka Jim in the American Office. Mm-hmm. And even he's a dickhead. Like, Jim is a dickhead in the like American office, but, like, he's a likable dickhead. Just no one's likable on The Office in the UK. And, it's, I mean, that's kind of consistent with British television, by yes. and large, especially yes. British comedy. But I just, like, if you can't handle the Michael... Like, some people don't like The Office because they find Michael Scott too cringe. And, like, they, they have, have a very uncomfortable sense of watching it. But it's, like, sugar-coated cringe. Like, David yeah. Brent is pure cringe. Exactly. The You know in the American office that by the end of the episode, things are mostly going to be okay. Even like Scott's Tots, that episode like ties in a, in a somewhat neat bow at the end. Like it's all going to be relatively okay. And it's interesting that like, um, you know, it's, it's, they're basically sister shows, the office and parks and recreation in, in both their production team and their production style. But they made the exact same mistake with Leslie Nope. It, w- it was just so interesting that they did not learn their lesson at all in doing The Office and then trying to do it with Parks and Rec, where, you know, they completely changed that character um, by the midpoint of the second season, where, you know, she's she's even sort of like in the Michael Scott vein of of almost incompetent in the first, like, three or four episodes. That, that was then, the biggest change that they made to that character was to make her hyper-competent. And exactly. It just, it, it just changed how you saw the character for you're right for the better i mean it's not like people in season four of parks and rec were like you know who we need more of bring back mark brandanowitz see more of him or like mark brandanaquitz whatever happened to that like what was the story behind that i don't know i i mean i i would have to assume that they just did a self-assessment and were like this guy's like he sort of looks like jim i guess <laughs> that that was was that a thing was that his redeeming quality and they're like hey we can get adam scott to come in and do this but better and they were like yeah we'll probably let's do that i mean i like the first two seasons of that show but the moment that rob lowe and adam scott get there it's it's better than the office oh it's an it's an entirely different show 
Yeah. But I I find it funnier than The Office. I, like I agree. From that, I, from like seasons like three to five, although seasons two, three, four, and five of The Office are pretty, pretty untouched. They're very, they're very good. Again, we're, we're splitting hairs here. Yeah. These are the final um, eight here. Yeah. Frasier. Have you you've never watched all through of Frasier? Have you? So this is the thing. I'm going to, I'm just going to leave the floor to you. I, I've never watched all of Frasier. I, I did watch episodes with my dad when I was a kid. So and this I, is, I know I'd enjoy it. This is the Frasier problem is that people who are now our age, I mean, I'm older than you. You're what, 30? 31. 31. Jesus, you're 31. You're old now. Yeah. Fuck. Um, I'm almost 40. So anyway, Frasier was on when I was like 10 and it was winning Emmys for you know best show on TV. And everyone just thought it was hilarious. And it would come on in syndication, like after the Simpsons uh, in a lot of spots. And you'd watch it and be like, I don't get this. Like, this mm-hmm. is very clearly for adults. And most people still have that, like, negative feeling towards Frasier and just never revisited it. But it is, as an adult, fucking hilarious. Especially if you take yourself very seriously, like I do, and are pretty pretentious, like I am. It's perfect. It's a perfect send-up. Yeah. I mean, again, I it's it's definitely one of those shows I, I know I should go back and rewatch. But you're right. I, I think it it really... I, I would I wasn't watching it live. I was I was mostly watching it in syndication. Um I know the comedy network up in Canada used to play it all the time on like Saturday and Sunday mornings. And my default setting was to just turn on the comedy network and sort of like smile and nod my way through this show. I'm like, ah, yes. But it's interesting because they also had I, I remember they used to pair with news radio a lot. Which and, I love. But a much and I think a much easier show for like a nine-year-old to try and digest. Um, so I gravitated far more to news radio than I did, um, Frasier and, and, you know, even in a funny way, I remember in, in elementary school, sort of a similar thing where it, like, it hasn't flipped yet in that sense, I, but I will watch Frasier one day. Um, say, maybe make that a thing. Watch like the first two seasons of Frasier. See what yeah, you're It's very easy because you know what? I, I, sometimes you struggle to find a show, uh, you'll know this with, with your wife, but <laughs> it's, it's hard to find a show that you watch together because then you have to be watching it together. I can say definitively that my partner will not want to watch Frasier. So I can definitely just watch that at my own pace and leisure. Um, But I remember I used to watch, uh, I'd come over from school at lunch and TBS would have Family Guy and Futurama back to back in that hour stretch. That's good. And I used to, Family Guy, I was like, oh, I'm about Family Guy. This is great. Futurama's all right, but Family Guy. And then five years go by and I'm like, Futurama is so much better. Yeah. Just just superior in almost every way. It's funny because of the Seth MacFarlane shows, like, I mean, I eventually I just gave up on Family. It's funny because I went to go do my top three. I, for some reason, I thought the Family Guy was in the Elite Eight and mm-hmm. had not lost to The Office. And I went to go pick my three favorite Family Guy episodes. Like, I have no clue. Like, I have no point of reference for this anymore. I mean, the, I, yeah, there's no plot. Like, I just stopped watching that show and just started watching American Dad instead. I would just like the the episode where they go to the brewery and it's just a send up of Charlie oh, and Willy Wonka. Factory. Yeah. Yeah. So the three that I went with and they're all like mistaken. Ide- I mean, Frazier played in the realm of mistaken identity all the time. So mm-hmm. number one or number three, sorry, I had the ski lodge episode where there's like seven, seven of them in a rented cabin and different people are trying to hook up with different people. The ski instructor's gay and he thinks that Frazier is also gay because Frazier was trying to hit on the woman that he thought was in the ski instructor's room. It's just, you know, 22 minutes of craziness and just 
stuff going awry. Very funny episode. There's also an episode where they go to the opera because it's Frasier. And he brings his dad with him who does not want to go to the opera. I can imagine. And then at like halftime at the opera, they go out into like whatever area it is. And Frasier's hitting on this woman who's also in the balcony and meets up with her. And her uncle is there and her uncle is gay. And he thinks that Frasier's dad is gay. So they all go back to <laughs> Frasier's apartment afterwards where Frasier thinks that he's there to be with the woman. But the uncle thinks he's there to be with Frazier's dad. And then Niles comes in and Frazier's dad has to pretend like Niles is his younger boyfriend. And then Niles decides he doesn't want to be a part of the ruse anymore. So he breaks up with him. It's a very 90s concept that just any like put together pretentious man. I feel like the, the, the homosexual sort of mix up happens quite a bit in those like early 90s sitcoms. It was a theme on Frasier uh, over and over. And then the other one was Frasier was dating a Jewish woman and he didn't realize that she was Jewish. So she had he had her over for Christmas before her and her mother was coming with her and her mother didn't approve of her dating anyone who wasn't Jewish. So he finds out within like 10 minutes of them coming over and they just have Christmas stuff all over. And Niles is playing Jesus in a pageant that's going on upstairs and just periodically pops in during the episode. It's great. All right. I'll, I'll, uh, maybe even tonight, who knows? I'll, I'll start knocking out some Frasier and let you know. I, I can't remember if the first season is any good because that's always the thing about almost all of these. I'm trying to think of the eight shows that we talked about. Arrested Development very clearly has the best first season. You know what, too? It's it's kind of strange to say it because we, we sort of walked into this by saying, like, definitively, this is the only show that's not making the next round. Scrubs' Scrub- first season is very good. Yeah. It is a it, Scrubs is a immediately a good show. Yeah. Arrested Development, Scrubs. I would say that that's very clearly the top two in terms of best first yeah. seasons. Curb isn't that far behind. But, man, I mean, I picked an episode from season one to be on my list. But I would say that most people, if they told you to rewatch Curb, you're like, yeah, you could probably skip season one. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, Curb, Curb and South Park are actually very similar in that sense where I just feel like the send-ups and the the sort of conceits of the episodes just got crazier and more outlandish and therefore more memorable. Um, that you sort of forget the simpler conceits of like the first couple of seasons with both those shows. So yeah, Frasier, I, I think Frasier gets going like The Office season one is objectively bad. Seinfeld well, how much, season... how much of the writing staff of Cheers like went over to Frasier? I don't know. There's a lot of Simpsons writers who left The Simpsons to write on Frasier. Oh, interesting. Like Jake Hogan was a big writer on The Sim- on, on the Simpsons. And then he, from like the first four seasons, like a lot of writers from the first four seasons would like pop in and out on Frasier too. But I would just assume like Frasier of of most shows going into a season one, at least like the lead character is a clearly defined character. Yeah. But that's not true though. Cause the Frasier of cheers isn't really that that's much like the Frasier of Frasier. He's not very flushed out in cheers. He is, but he's different. Like it's just a completely new setting. Like, yeah. I mean, it's all about his family dynamic and his profession where he's a doctor and like a drunk <laughs> sitting in a mm-hmm. bar in cheers. Yeah. He's now a true. radio personality with his family who he hasn't seen in ages moving back to Seattle. Simpsons, like, you don't have to watch season. No. Just pa- pass. I-, I don't think that you need to watch season two of The Simpsons either. Like, there's two good episodes, maybe. 
with but Dustin i do wonder Hoffman. too how much of um our hesitance with season one and season season one season two of south park and the simpsons is is just purely like the animation style as well it's um, funny because i missed the old animation of the simpsons but from oh, really? like season five season six where it was sure. still like drawn animation not yes. computer animation it's not i mean south park will never look bad because south park looks bad although it looks much better than it used to but yeah, it's, I, it intentionally looks bad. Sure, just, but the, the first the first couple seasons are. I, I mean, I think the first season they still might be almost using like cardboard cardboard cutouts. Maybe um, the computer animation South Park. I, like I don't know what it is when I'm watching those episodes. I'm just like, yeah, these are these are just better because I visually I enjoy them watching watching them more. Yeah, season one of Curve is like okay. Like I said, The Office is just skippable. It has I diversity. think it's only six episodes, isn't it? Yeah, it has Diversity Day. That, that's one you could watch, which is like a woof episode. Yeah. Um, and Fraser, I don't really remember. But yeah, Arrested Development and Scrubs are very clearly the easiest shows just to pick up from the first episode and go. Mm-hmm. Looking at this entire list, I wonder what is like the... I, the best first seasons of shows ever. I, st- I think Homeland takes the cake for that. I mean, Homeland's first season is... Who? Homeland's first season, if it ended like it was supposed to, and it was just one season, we would right. talk about Homeland like we talk about The Wire, like we talk about Sopranos, Mad Men. I, I assume he was he was literally just going to to blow himself, blow himself up. up. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, Showtime was like, been, we might need some seasons out of this show. <laughs> that that would have been incredible. Yeah, like that. The like, it, it's hard to. Because, I mean, Homeland was on for so long. It was like season, what was the Lithgow season of Dexter? Season four? Season four. Yeah. yeah. Like, if it just ended after that, apparently it came back and, like, and it wasn't bad. But, like, Homeland just went on forever. Yeah, I um, I was watching Homeland uh, when it was on, but I wasn't, it wasn't, like, an obsession of mine. So recently, I think early pandemic, so not even recently, um, I was watching it with Carly and the first season is just so incredible. And then even season two, it's, it's just not the same. And I I think we bowed out about five or six episodes into season three. It's, it's, it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't quite capture the same way. Trying to look at the list. I can't believe how well home improvement did in this bracket. Blows my mind. I didn't realize people, I mean, it drew an easy draw, but still, I didn't realize that people just had this affinity for Tim Allen. It's a very odd show. Like it, there's there's nothing especially unique or well, memorable about Home Improvement aside from the. Huh? It's. Uh? Um. Yeah, but that might know. be it. Those might be the shows with the two best first seasons of a comedy. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. It's it's really hard. Although I did I did just watch the entirety of clone high again and every episode is a banger i have one because i think it's the best season of the show is eastbound and down oh yeah yeah you know what um i think there's a case a weird case to be made that the best two episodes of eastbound and down might the be first within two? the first three episodes yeah it's crazy just like Ken- kenny powers was a sensation and then it just to me I, for some people it never got old it got really old for me very quickly I just think it was at its funniest when he was having to sort of just live with the fact he was a washed up pitcher. 
And then when you like, you, you can't keep in those situations forever, obviously, but like, yeah, I just, I, I don't think the setting ever got better than the first season of Eastbound. It was just perfect. And mm-hmm. then obviously like the Ashley Schaefer stuff is just unassailably hilarious. I uh, the very first episode we did in this series talked about the South bracket with modern family and the Simpsons. Adam Azer was on it with Sia and myself and Azer messaged me. Like he couldn't believe that friends and modern family got eliminated as quickly as they did as one seeds. I was like, what internet are you on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about that. I think, I think I, I said something along the lines of like modern family is a good show, but it shouldn't be anyone's favorite show. No, like it it's really just, shouldn't. It's just there. I got, I mean, they both got mad at me that I called it the stupid person's arrested development, but I stand by that. It's an easier to to handle arrested development. Like it's the same basic concept of a giant family dynamic, but it's not mean spirited like arrested development is. The jokes are slower. The jokes are nicer and everything is just contained to 22 minutes. Then you can move on to the next week. That's the thing. It's just a, its pace is just so entirely different. It's, it's, and look, people, people always, I guess they always need that. Like, look, I'll, I'll take an episode of Modern Family over an episode of Big Bang Theory 10 times out of 10. But but I I feel like the, if we talk about like peak TV or class TV, we like the shows that are left are collectively known as the best of the best. I don't think that Modern Family is that, but it's the best version of what you just talked about. It's the best version of a background show of all time. Like yeah. two, two and a half men is a background show. Yeah. How I Met Your Mother is a glorified background show. Friends yeah, is a that, glorified background Yeah, that sort of straddles. Show. It had a cup. It, it flirted with being very good television for about a season and a half. But yeah, I would agree. But like everyone loves Raymond background show. Yeah. Oh, in- incredibly. I'm trying to think the other ones, but like they get propped because they were so popular. That 70s mm-hmm. show is another one. Like that, that, that 70s show just isn't good but people have this weird nostalgia for it. Like you very clearly well, I mean, have that's, not watched- That's nostalgia se- built on nostalgia, right? Yeah, like, like you you clearly haven't seen a second of this show in 25 years because it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, that's 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 the home improvement thing though too. Like it's, it's funny that home improvement made it farther than Modern Family, but home improvement again is just one of those like, okay, sure, it's on in the background. Um, home improvement benefited from no one voting for Cosby. That is- you know what? I forgot that it faced off with the Cosby show in round one. Yeah, that's that's probably the biggest reason here. Yeah, I was just trying to look at the other ones. What were the like two shows that you were mad about the most that you knew that they weren't going to move on, but you would have had them moving on as a community? Yeah, but I even went into this process saying about community one. I mean, it's it's in a bracket with Arrested and in, in a bracket with Curb. And I, I think it got beaten by Curb. Um, it did. Or maybe Arrested. Um mostly it was that it was a 10 seed but look community i'm i'm more than willing to say like really wide swaths of quality in terms of the sixth season run of that show um you were like when i met you you loved community oh and and that's because i i believe we went to college during season two and season three of community which to me are incredible hundredth percentile seasons of television but then that's that's what it has. It it has those two seasons, which are fantastic, and and not a, not a ton else. The ones that like, they're actually both in like the same region, and King of the Hill lost to Eastbound and Down, but yeah, King of the Hill remains wildly underrated. King and, of the Hill, 
it's coming back too. Oh yeah, everything's everything's got to come back these days. But oh, the- that's what it was. I was sorry. I was trying to. I was trying to think of my peak. Um, just as, as one of the four people on the planet who still has cable, um, and and there's there's really nothing on because the rights to everything are now sold to streaming companies. So there's just not much in syndication on these networks anymore. But the one show that keeps popping up that's sort of like a well, this is on. It'll just work in the background. Um, and this goes back to our our earlier Jerry Stiller sort of conversation. But King of Queens, King of Queens is a very just I just need something on. <laughs> but it's still airing. It's still airing on so many networks. I'm trying to think, what are the big syndication shows? Like Friends is always on, Seinfeld's always on, The Simpsons is always on, Frasier's always on. Like those four are always on. It's uh Friends and I mean now it's the Big Bang Theory. It's it's on everywhere. So um, Thirty maybe, Rock maybe Young Sheldon. I don't know. Oh. 30 Rock drew the office, so we would never had a chance of winning, but 30 Rock's a funnier show than the offices. Yeah, I 30 Rock's a better show than the office. Yes. Um though 30 like 30 Rock also, seasons four and five are not the best, but no. st- stuck the landing in season six. And and also even the not the best seasons of 30 Rock are still hilarious. And I guess the other one is almost sort of like uh what you had with community when it lost to curb, like Brooklyn Nine Nine lost in the first round. Brooklyn Nine Nine is amazing. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is fantastic. But it's um, a very acquired taste, I feel. And that also Brooklyn Nine-Nine is sort of the, um, the well, spiritually and, and almost literally, because I think it did go back to NBC for one of the last seasons, but a show completely produced and made by, you know, the the um the That's nbc the- corporation and, and and saturday night live like that would have been the the last show the last great show of the the thursday night nbc block but it you know they they didn't want it and they ended up airing on fox the one show that didn't make the bracket that you know i i've already expe- expressed my concern about why this wasn't included but if veep was in this bracket how well mm-hmm. do you think veep would have done because i actually think it's not well yeah i don't think it's very well um Veep's tough because I feel like Veep is actually sort of, we might've already talked about this, but I feel like Veep is sort of um, the 2010s version of Arrested where it's a mix of Arrested Development and Seinfeld, but it it won just, just in the way that it, like critically acclaimed, like there, there was no place not telling you to watch Veep. It was winning every Emmy and yet people just still did not watch Veep for whatever reason. It's um, so mean oh it's incredibly mean spirited. and just that's that's when you make a show that is that mean spirited you alienate so much of your audience off the hop like a good example of that is the pat mayo experience some people just can't watch the show because they find it too mean i don't blame them if that's not your style of consuming content of people being dickheads to one another all the time then i get it but you do like I remember I talked to Mike Wright about this at like one of the conferences, like when we first started, like the footballers and my show were like, you know, the only two fantasy football shows outside of the ESPN and CBS ones that there were. Why did, I mean, people can argue it gives out better advice. It's much better. People find it funnier, but there's something far more wholesome about Mike and Andy and Jason than me, you, Jeff and Gust. Like it's just a different vibe. And the I don't think they were that permanent, they put out, permanently banning people every single yeah, week. Ensuring that people will never watch the show again yeah. by banning them from doing it. Like know, it's for just, life. It's two it's just two different sides of 
really the same coin of what we're talking about, especially how we both branched out. But they're, you know, like they're also, I mean, I find them hilarious, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's a completely different type of humor. It's, it's far more inclusive in the humor rather than just purely trying to alienate everyone. They they are, they are the modern family and, and you are the Arrested Development. There we are. So I'm bound to be canceled soon. Well, they'll have, they'll have another like two decade run. That actually Probably. tracks. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. All right, Gary and Thorne, check them at DraftKings. You're still at DraftKings, right? You're wearing the hat. Yep. Me um, too. I think we rebranded now. I think we're DraftKings. One sec, I want to get this right. Network? DraftKings Network is what we are now. The DraftKings um, Network not featuring the Pat Mayo experience? Yeah, you know, it's it's fine. It's all it's all good. I know what's going on. I'm in meetings. No, I'm not. Yeah, um, yeah DraftKings at Gary and Thorne couple months left the fantasy baseball season pumping out that kind of content it's fun watch baseball they still play baseball yeah i know shocking i thought it was just done in like a simulation now no it's faster now they changed the rules it's better that actually sounds remember like Elf? I, I i remember how like triggered i would get when i covered like full-time baseball be like this game's not going to end till 3 a.m this is awful yeah, God, you used to write like 4,000 word articles about baseball. People probably don't even believe that. I can't even, I don't even know 4,000 words anymore. That's fact. That is a very factual thing. Uh, the only time I actually write long columns is for golf majors now. And they're basically the same yeah. golf every year. <laughs> Just recycle all the words that I've already written. Something I got caught for in college and charged with plagiarism, but it never stuck. It's like, yeah. what? How can it be plagiarism? If I'm plagiarizing myself, they're like, well, it is, but like, we'll let you get away with it. Don't worry about us. We see the irony here. There it is. At Gary and Thorne on Twitter. At the PME on Twitter. You can vote in the best show poll for the best sitcom down in the description or at the PME on Twitter. Voting is open for a week. So please go do that. Cast, make your voice heard. Cast a vote in the best sitcom bracket poll. And in the comment section, you know, give me like your favorite of each of the eight shows that are left maybe not the best but your favorite moments from those i'm excited to hear them because i just i love reminiscing about things that i really like and i do love all eight of these shows so it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm pat mayo thank you for watching i'll see you next time experience experience